Uh, tonight is a very special night. We have a, a guest, I guess a guest. We have a new or returning family member. You ever hear those jokes about kids that like leave the nest and then they just come back? That's what's going on here. We have an amazing, awesome uh, friend, pastor, teacher, leader who has been leading in Holland, actually where Pastor Josh just now started this last Sunday. And Pastor Jesse is now with us on staff, and he's going to be a tremendous blessing. And we get the honor and the privilege of hearing from Pastor Jesse tonight. So please give a warm welcome to our very own return of Pastor Jesse. You're awesome, man. You're awesome. All right. You know what's kind of funny? It's uh, uh, as I'm getting ready for this transition, I, I've been telling a lot of my friends, whose serve is it? Because I'm starting to feel like a ping pong ball. You know, you go back and forth. But reality is this I am here to serve people. Bottom line, I'm here to serve you guys. Uh, God has called uh, my wife and I back with our children, our four children, back to this church to serve you guys. Um, can you put the picture up really quick? I want to introduce you to my family. If you guys don't know me, uh, that's me right there with the Michigan shirt. I am a Michigan fan, and I am a Michigan State fan. People say you can't do that. I just did, okay? There's my beautiful wife, Maddie, right there, who is just my helper in everything she does and, and just a great leader. And my four kids, Joshua, Malaya, Mila, and Jeremiah. If you see us chasing them, please help us. Just help us. That's it. <laughs> no, that's just a joke. Hey, I'm really excited for today. Um, I thank God uh, for the opportunity just to minister God's word. And church, can I, can I be uh, just real with you guys for a little bit? All I want to do is share the Father's heart. Can I do that? Just want to share the Father's heart to you. I believe God is putting me in positions to share his heart. Um, what I love to do is just to get a download from the Spirit of God uh, you know, especially during worship time, God does download during that time. Tiffany and the team, they did phenomenal. Uh, even the word and the minister, ministering of the word through worship, I think, is just, it gets our hearts ready for what's to come. And um, I, all I want to do is share the Father's heart to you guys. And uh, I ask you guys, have an open heart, have an open mind. Let the Spirit of God move through me into you guys, because I'm about to be blessed through it as well. So let's pray. Father, I just thank you right now, Lord, for today. Father, I thank you so much for this beautiful evening that we have. Lord, you're, you're a God that just loves to give us seasons, Father God, in this autumn, beautiful, cold season, Lord. We just, we thank, we're thankful for that, for the rain, Lord. Uh, Father, I want to pray for this word, that every word I speak, Father, does not come from me, but it comes from you, Lord. It comes from the throne. So, Father, I decrease myself as you increase, increase in me, Father God. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all say Amen. I also want to welcome those that are watching online. Thank you for joining. Uh, please share this message. Help us advance God's uh, gospel to the world uh, through Facebook, through YouTube, through whatever it is, any type of uh, online platform. Please just share this word. Uh, today I want to talk to you guys about something I've spoken on before, but I felt like today is the, a perfectly good time to really talk about this topic. And I, what I titled this message is, Like the Days of Noah. Noah, Noah, Noah. I'm a sound effects guy, okay? Everyone look at your, at your neighbor and say, like the days of Noah. You see, when you, when you think about scriptures and you think about the story of Noah, uh, you know, there are some things Noah went through with his family because Noah got specific instructions by the Almighty God to build an ark, a salvation, a refuge for his family while judgment was coming to the world through a flood. 
I recently went to Kentucky and went to the Ark Encounter. You guys just saw the picture. We were actually in Kentucky at the Ark Encounter. Who, by show of hands, who's been to the Ark Exhibit? Okay, some of you guys. If you have the opportunity to go, go, please do so because it was just an amazing encounter that we had. But when I matched up to that boat, I didn't realize how big that ark really was. And when you read in the scriptures in Genesis, you'll see that Noah gets specific, detailed instructions on how to build this boat. You know, and through this journey of building, whether it was 75 years, whether it was 100 years, regardless, it was kind of a lifespan that he was, he was building. But during this journey while Noah was building, he got a lot of criticism for listening to God. He got a lot of pushback, got a lot of heat, got a lot of pointing the finger at because of his obedience to God. Let's go, to, let's go to Matthew chapter 24, starting in verse 36. Jesus says, But about, the day, about that day or hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the day, at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. I read that passage and that scripture because I don't want to, I don't want to mis, uh, mislead you guys and, and, and tell you I'm going to talk about the end times because it can kind of sound like I'm talking about it. I want you to know that I want you to have a grasp and an understanding that we need to understand the seasons that we live in. Noah understood the season he was in when he started building that ark because of his commune with God. We look around today, we look around everywhere, we can, we can just hit a click, we're one click away to seeing what's going on and understand the season that we're in. You know, I used to teach my team a lot about being watchful with Jesus. Because there was a point in, in, in the scriptures in the New Testament where, where Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and, and he told some of his disciples, sit here and watch with me. You guys know the story, what happens? They, they fall asleep. Then they fall asleep and they fall asleep. And Jesus says, could you not just stay up for one hour with me and watch with me? Would you, would you not just watch with me? See, what, what Jesus was desiring was for them to stay alert and aware and pray. And then he goes on to his disciples and he tells them, look, the time has come. The hour is here. Why do I say that? Because there is a season we are living in like the days of Noah where we need to be watchful and not sleeping as his disciples. Are we here? We need to be watchful with our Lord Jesus Christ because he is returning for his bride and look at your neighbor and say, you're his bride. Dudes, it's okay. You guys can say it too. He loves us. You see, when we, when we look at the days of Noah, Jesus says, look, it's going to be just like that. People are going to be drinking and eating and marrying and, and giving it to marriage. We're, we're seeing that everywhere. It's, it's the culture that we see everywhere. But he says, I'm coming back, though. Don't fall asleep on me. 
Watch with me because the hour is coming to the close. And so my whole point right now is what I'm saying is please have an understanding of the season that we're living in today. Last night was very interesting. It's as far as I'll go with that one because I'm not going to jump into it. But it was very, very interesting for the United States, this whole nation. And my heart to the people is are you still being watchful with Jesus? You see, it is easy to choose sides, but one of the things that I've been taught through the word of God is that I chose a side the moment I said yes to Jesus. And it's the eternal side. I've also been taught that there are earthly issues and there are kingdom issues. Fix your mind on the things above. You know, not to say those other things are not important, but don't let those things dictate you as a disciple of Jesus Christ and your actions. And so, so the, like the days of Noah, we need to understand and how to respond to a world that's very hostile to God. Noah had to respond, and how he did so was by reflecting the Lord to the world. We have a responsibility to reflect Jesus to our world. Well, what is our world? Schools, families, friends, the grocery store. Everywhere we go, that is your world. And you are commissioned by God that sealed you with the Holy Spirit to reflect him to the world. And so today, we're going to do a little heart check. Where are we at with our response to the world when they're throwing things at us? Where, where are we going to stand when it's finally time to love like Christ loves to the unlovable that want to come at you. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, the Bible says, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. And how we can discover that is when we read the Gospels and we see Jesus on earth where his feet were planted on the ground and he had a journey with the twelve. You can see even at a young age, he was in the temple learning and grasping from teachers. And so when he calls these 12 disciples, he, he poured into these 12 disciples. He loved these 12 disciples. These 12 disciples mimicked what Jesus did. Therefore, the multitudes were reached generation after generation after generation until today. And guess what the mission still is? The next generation. And the next generation after that. We need to walk in the same way that he walked because he demonstrated that to us. Now it's easy when it's people that we love. But let's be honest. What about people that are very difficult? What about the difficult ones? That you're trying, you're trying, you're trying. And, and you're at the point where you're like, Lord, they need Jesus. They need you. Send somebody right now. And it, it's kind of like we've exited out of the mission that God's given us. And he's reminding us, I, I sent you for that. I sent you. First, uh, sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24, the Bible says, As a servant of the Lord, as a, or a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people, okay? It didn't say to avoid difficult people because avoiding is not the answer. See, there's a problem that we, we tend to fall in, a trap that we tend to fall in. We tend to avoid these people and we call it holy. I'm just gonna avoid them and we're holy. And we neglect or forget the scripture that Jesus ate with them. Jesus reached out to them. He didn't reject them. 
And what we have to do as his disciples, as his true disciples, is not avoid them, but reach them. Not reject them, but have a heart like the Father has a heart for them. Because at one point of our life, we were that one sheep. We were that one lost sheep that reached out to us. And so what I want to give you, and there's so many ways that we can respond, but because of time's sake, I'm going to give you three ways that we can respond like Jesus. We need to have this thing activated in our life. Are you guys ready for this? We need to have this thing activated. We need to move forward the moment we walk out of these doors. And the first way that we should respond the way Christ responds, or or we can say it this way, how we should respond like Jesus, is that we need to respond with patience. We need to respond with patience. Man, that's a difficult one. But when you understand it through the biblical perspective, you'll see what you feel like is impossible, possible. Because it is through Christ Jesus. Luke 17, 1, the Bible says, actually Jesus said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through who they come. In other words, what he's saying is, You can't duck and dodge an an offense. It's going to present itself to you. He'll take care of that, but it's going to present itself to you. I don't know about you, but I have an uncle in my family that is just that one uncle. Does anybody else have that uncle, that one uncle that you try to avoid or you need to practice patience? And it's so hard. And, And, you know, this is just me really being real with you guys going into my personal life. It is difficult, even till this day, to just have a conversation with that one uncle. But I know Christ died for him. And if it wasn't for those difficult conversations that I was willing to be patient in, I would have never had the opportunity for him to accept Christ, which he did. And he gave his life to Christ. You see, in the natural perspective, in, in, in Jesse's way, and in, in Jesse's world, and how it looks, I want to avoid and say, I'm just going to be holy and just kind of stay over here and really separate myself from that person, my uncle. But I knew that if Jesus had that mindset, that standard, I would have never, be, I would have never been reached as well. And so I had to look through the lens of the Father, look at him as someone that was lost but needs to be found, and understand that I had the antidote for who the answer was to his life. And I took a year, one entire year, on a weekly basis having lunch with him. If you would have told me a week before that that was going to happen... I would have said impossible. There's no way I would have been able to do that. I wouldn't have tolerated that. I would have pulled my hair out. But I wanted to reflect Jesus. And so I did. And for one entire year, I gave my attention to him. We talked about stuff I did not want to talk about. We talked about things that I did not want to get into. But because I was an open ear, He saw that he needed to be the open ear. And because of it, he gave his life to Christ. We need to respond with patience because when we are patient with the difficult, we're praising God in the supernatural side of things. It's it's an art of worship. It's one of the fruit of the Spirit that, that God tells us about. But you cannot do it alone. You need the help of the Holy Spirit. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11, the uh, the Bible says, a person's wisdom yields patience. Okay? And by the way, you can ask for his wisdom. 
which will yield patience in your life if you, if you struggle in that area. It says that the person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. It is to his glory. It's to one's glory. It's a win-win situation when you can look beyond the offense. This is what it looks like. You see someone, the opportunity of, of offense presents itself, and you look around that or above that, and you see the hurt that they're in. You see the hurt, the pain. You don't, you don't realize, man, maybe they had a tough childhood. Maybe, maybe they had no father growing up. Maybe they were abused as a child or still being abused today. Can I confess something to you guys? Can I do that? Okay. About two months ago, maybe two and a half months ago, my wife and I, we were at home, and she was cooking some things up and needed a couple of supplies from the grocery store. She says, Jesse, can you go to the grocery store? And I said, sure. I'll go to Meyer. So she tells me the stuff to buy, and I, and I, and I go to the store. I walk down the aisle. It's, it's, I'm whistling my way through. It's, an, it's a nice evening and getting my stuff. And I'm the guy that does not get a cart. I just kind of like see if I can muscle this whole thing through. And then I'm that one that I'm holding a, a pack of 12 roll of toilet paper with, a, you know, a, a gallon of milk. And I'm that guy. So, I'm, I, you know, you, it's a good idea. Then you realize, oh, I want those cookies too. Okay, just throw them on my back and you keep going, right? So I'm at Meyer two and a half months ago and I, I'm getting some of these supplies and my hands are full. And you know the you scanned section? See, you don't go to the main aisles because, I mean, they're long. You scan, you can see a line, but it, it'll go by fast because there's like 12 machines going on at once. And I'm waiting there patiently and a person decides just to cut in front of the line. You guys, come on, don't leave me alone here, okay? <laughs> a person decides to cut in front of the three people that are in front of me while I'm holding all this stuff in my hand. And, and, and they go and they just go straight to the youth skin. And I can see, I can feel the tension and the people want to say something, but they don't because you're just trying to be polite, I guess. And, and I'm like, ooh, ooh, patience, patience, patience. You, you know, you start talking to yourself. And then you start looking over, maybe, maybe they just didn't see the line. You're really now just, you know, trying to get yourself out of reason. You know, you're reasoning stuff so you don't flesh out is what, you know, the Bible tells us not to go into. But I, I'm in this mode and they go and I'm like, okay, it's all right. Forgive, forgive, forgive and let it go. I let it go, okay? Next person goes, next person goes. I'm next in line. And a worker walks up to me and says, sir, you may go to this machine here. Sure, I come put my supplies down, I scan, scan, or no, I don't even scan, I'm trying to scan, trying to scan, and the machine is not working, but the worker walks away. So I'm waving him down, you're waiting, the light's not even going off, and I'm going, I'm doing this whole deal, and he finally comes after three minutes. I said, sir, uh, you told me to come to this machine, and, and, and it's just not working. You know, there's three people that already went by me, I could have been at that machine over there, and the guy says, well, then it's not working. Literally said, well, then it's not working. Oh, man. I literally took a breath. I said, but, but you said to come to this machine. Well, what can I do? And he walks away. Yeah, you guys are feeling me now. You're feeling me now. Okay, so now we're in this position. You're there. You're at Meyer, right? And you can see I'm just doing everything I can just to stay patient. And I said, okay, okay, okay. And so finally I see someone leave on the other side, and I decide, well, I'm taking that route. So I start walking that way, and the employee, I'm guessing he felt bad, comes back, fixes the machine within like two seconds, and says, hey, sir, I fixed it for you. 
You know what I did? I looked at him, I said, I did that actually, I said, whatever. And I just, I'm gonna do whatever I want. And I went to my thing and I saw the guy go, man, what's wrong? Like, what did I, and I'm like, whatever. And I just left it like that. I'm at the U scan and I scan the first thing and I hear the spirit of God tell me, do you think that's reflecting me? And I am telling you right now, I am head down, just repenting to God. Like, God, that was not a reflection of you. I was not patient. I'm sorry. And I'm telling you, the moment I said I'm sorry, the employee comes next to me to do something else. And I just look at him and I said, hey, man, I'm sorry. Like, I I just, it's, it's it's one of those days, man. I'm sorry. You know, and I don't even remember what he said. But even after that, I left and I just felt the guilt. I felt the shame. My wife would have said, what if he shows up at church this Sunday? It's one of those moments, right? And you think about all these things, and it was a moment that I missed. But do you know how faithful God is during those moments? Let's fast forward seven days later. It's another Sunday evening. Kind of forgot the situation. And my wife says, she's cooking some things. Can you go get some supplies? Just happens on Sunday nights, right, baby? <laughs> go get some supplies. It's like, sure, sure. I go to the mire and I don't need a cart. I grab my supplies. I do my thing. I have, and I'm walking down. And I am telling you, as I'm walking to the U scan, a replay of last week starts going through my head of how I missed it. And as that replay went by, I decided to say, you know what? I'm going to commit God to you. Let's do this again. And I heard the voice of God says, "I'm a God of second chances." Didn't know what that meant. Just said, okay, let's do this. I'm just not going to be impatient with anybody. I'm going to be patient with everyone. And I'm just proud of my position where I'm at. Take the next step. Yep. Oh, sir, you, yeah, go right ahead, right before me. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and I finally get to the last uh, person. I'm the, now the next person up. And a uh, U-scan machine opens up. And I start scanning my first one. And at the time, I was wearing a shirt that said, ask me about marriage. And it was a gift from a friend. And I just wore it. I don't even know why. It, if you ask me, I'm just going to talk about my marriage. Don't know what the whole thing was about. But I'm scanning in the exact same spot one week before where I did this. I'm scanning. And a worker comes up. A lady says, hey, what about marriages? And I look down. I'm like, oh, hey, it's just a shirt that a friend gave me. She was like, I've been married for 50 plus years. Starts going on and on about this thing. But my husband's fighting cancer. But I'm a believer in Jesus and we're standing on his word. And I stopped scanning. I said, can I come in agreement with you? She says, yes. For three minutes, we prayed heaven down at the U-scan where one week ago I was just doing this to somebody. Because God is a God of second chances. He will give you the opportunity if you repent before God and say, God, I'm sorry, I missed it. God's graceful, he's merciful. And he will give you the opportunity to continue to reflect him. We respond with patience. We respond with patience. Look at your neighbor and say, we respond with patience. So we need to learn to overlook an offense when an offense comes our way. Maybe, like I said, they have a tough childhood or maybe no father. They've been abused. Again, God wants us to look over the offense because there is a heart he is after. And he needs you to do so. Number two. How do we respond like Jesus? Well, we respond with compassion. 
We respond with compassion. See, uh, when you think about compassion, compassion is something Jesus was always showing and it was evident. But bitterness opposes compassion. When we fall in a trap of bitterness or unforgiveness, it gives us no room to be compassionate towards a person. Again, it's the mentality of, of I reject rather than I reach. And everything Jesus demonstrated on earth, everything he did was always a reach mindset, a reach mentality, a reach down to lift you back up. See, when you gave your life to Christ, there was a reach from heaven to bring you up with him and seat you with the Father. And what he wants us to reflect is that reach, and we do so through compassion. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 32, Jesus said to his disciples, actually he called his disciples and he said to them, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. You can see the compassion speaking out of Jesus' mouth. Daniel chapter 9 verse 9, the Bible says that the Lord, our God, is merciful and forgiving even though we have rebelled against him. And the reason why he is merciful and forgiving through our rebellion is because he's a God of compassion. He had compassion for you. He had compassion for me. That's why he sent Jesus. Now he says, now go reflect that. Go show the world my love. Have compassion for those that don't want to love that person. Compassion. And the reason why I speak this with such urgency is because I believe we are living like the days of Noah and there's going to be a day where it's too late. There's going to be a day and he wants you to be a part of the mission that he has for your life. See, a lot of times what we tend to do, and I've fallen victim to this, is I've worked in a certain place, you know, outside of the church. You know, I'm working at a job, and, 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 and I just feel like, man, God, get me out of this place. It's so dark, and I don't want, they, don't, they, don't, they don't acknowledge you, and they don't get me out of here. And you pray heaven down for this to happen. But the Lord says, that's why I sent you there, so you can bring the light to that dark place. You see, Maybe we should look at why we're there and what God is doing while we're there. He says, hang on, it's just for a little while. It's just for a while. But if you stand your ground on my word, my reflection of me will be everywhere because this whole mission on earth has never been about you. It's always been about him. So I'm sitting in this, and I worked at a factory uh, almost 10 years ago now, and and I, they told me on my first day, they told me, do not talk about this Jesus guy. Do not talk about him. I didn't even say anything that I was a Christian. They just off the bat said it because maybe it was just a part of their routine and maybe he was an, you know, just an atheist. I don't, I don't know, but I remember saying, man, I don't want to be here. And the Lord says, I have instructed you to come here. And because I did so, I remember just sitting there for five months saying, what in the world am I, I'm not doing anything. And the Lord gave me a vision at that moment and it was, it was a man on a boat on a pond and it was just a still, quiet pond. I'm like, oh, how, ref how refreshing, how awesome that this man, he says, that man is you. And I said, yes, yes, this is awesome. Vacation is coming. God, you're giving me vision of what's about to happen. And the Lord said, no, no, no. He says, I'm showing you on your actions and how you're doing it. I've called you to be fishers of men. You haven't casted a reel yet. Then I could see underwater in this vision and I saw all these fish. God says, I have perfectly positioned you to catch, but
but you don't even cast a reel. That was the day I said, God, I commit to your mission. I worked there for almost five years, got a handful of people led into the Lord. My, my, at the Res Life Holland, when I led it, one of those ones, leaving a certain religion, coming into Christ, is now the nursery director over there. Because I had an opportunity to work at a dark place and reflect light in that dark place. See, it doesn't matter where you're at. You're called the ministry. You see, it's just our definition of ministry sometimes is that we think we have to have a microphone and we have to be on a platform and we have to speak before people when God said no. It has nothing to do with it. Ministry is sharing the Father's heart. Can you share my heart to somebody? Can you tell them I love them? And can you lead them to Christ? Can you introduce them and walk with them the way Jesus walked with his disciples? Are we here? Just checking, just checking. We respond with compassion because God is a, a God of that who's compassionate towards us. The very nature of God is mercy. The very nature of God is forgiveness. We should do the same. But you don't understand. That's the thing. We don't have to understand. We have to do what is right in his eyes. I believe there will be, uh, there will be a lot of healing in hearts if people would just take that first step and start having compassion by forgiving there's power there is so much power in that and the last one i want to give you is this next couple of minutes uh, is when we respond like jesus we, we need to respond with grace we respond with grace romans chapter 14 verse 19 the bible says therefore let us pursue the things which make for peace i'll say that again which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. If you're caught in a conversation and there is no peace but hostility or there's no edifying but tearing down, get out of that ship. Get out of it. Because God has not called you to bring division, but to bring unity, to make peace. And the way we do so is saying, Holy Spirit, lead my conversations today. Because my words can be venom to a person or it can be life-giving to a person. And I want to bring life the way you brought life to me. That's responding with uh, grace towards people. Well, maybe you, you've been wronged and you don't understand and, and, and I, I went through so much. Respond with grace then. Let the Spirit of God start moving through your lips and through your actions. Jesus says, if they're your enemies and they ask you to eat or drink, give them something to drink or eat. I think the ultimate grace is when he's, he's there hanging on the cross and he's seeing the very people that put him in that place. And he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Lord, forgive them. I have compassion for them. I'm extending my grace to them. I'm doing this just for them. Edifying the people around you. Edify, don't avoid. Edify the people, the family members. Those cookouts that we go to, Thanksgiving's around the corner, we're going to have encounters. Edify the people. I'll close it with Ephesians chapter four, verse 29. The Bible says, let no corrupt word proceed out of, the, out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. 
that it may impart grace to the hearers. I believe right now God is tugging at your heart. God is doing something. And, and this is a healthy thing, by the way. We need to let the Spirit do some work within our hearts. If you're watching online, God still wants to reach you. See, there's no distance that will stop the power of God. There is no distance that will stop the power of God. He loved you so much that he walked out of heaven onto earth (laughs) and did a mission. Died for you and me. Buried. Raised back to life again. And he says, now I send you a commission to go do the same. Go teach my people. He said, Peter, do you love me? Yeah. <laughs> go feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, God, I, 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 Lord, I do. Go feed my lambs. Go teach my people. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I would love you. <laughs> then go feed my people. I believe a lot of times Jesus kept asking Peter as more of a reminder, don't stop loving my people. Maybe you're in your prayer time and and you're hearing God say, hey, do you love me? Do you love my people? Do you love me? Feed my people then. And it's just those gentle reminders. It's a gentle reminder to continue to do his work. You were placed in the position that you're in right now Because there are people around you that their whole destination is on your lips. Will you edify them? Will you feed them? And would you show them Jesus? Let's go ahead and close our eyes and bow our head for a moment. I'm gonna give an invitation. If you're watching at home, this invitation is for you and that's what it is. It's an invitation. You see, when we, when we think about the Lord and, and what he did, he, he was a gentle, gentle man, full of power. But he understood. He listened. He walked with the people. And then he gave them the opportunity. He says, I am the eternal life. I am the everlasting water. If you, if you come to me and drink from me, you will thirst no more. And maybe you've heard all these sayings and you've heard Bible quoted to you, but you've never drank from the living water. The Bible teaches us if we just call out on the name of Jesus, he will save you. And the question could be, well, save me from what? The answer is this, save you from eternal separation from him. You don't want that. He does not want that for you. And the only way to do so is by going through the gate, and his name is Jesus Christ. The Bible says, if you believe with your heart and you say with your mouth, you are my Lord and Savior, forgive me of my sins. He says, I will save you. I will put my spirit in you as a guaranteed deposit that you are my child. You're no longer just my creation. You're my child now. You're in the family. And I think a lot of times we feel like we're not a part of something. But God says, I've created and destined you to be a part of my family. If that is you, I'm going to count to three. Just put your hand up. I just want to lead you in a prayer. We'll say it from where you're at, from where I'm at. Just raise your hand because this is your time. If you're watching online, I may not see your hand, but God sees where you're at. And he will reach you right where you're at. 
So on the count of three, you're saying, I need Jesus. One, two, three. Shoot your hand up right now. God bless you. I see you. God bless you. I see you over there. God bless you. I see you. This is your time. Maybe, maybe uh, you guys can put your hands up. Maybe this is uh, something you've never committed to. You've, you've answered the call of Jesus before, but it was really kind of just something that you just said but didn't live out, and now you're saying, I want to live it out like he wants me to live it out. I want to recommit my life to him. On the count of three, put your hand up. One, two, three, put your hand up right now. I see you. Anybody else? It's amazing. If you're watching online, he sees you. Just follow these, the, the instructions I'm about to give. Awesome. And the last invitation I want to give is this. You know you're saved. You know you're good with God. But you've been sitting on the pond like I was years ago, and you have not casted a reel. And you're saying, Jesus, today's the day I'm going to cast my reel. I'm going to just commit to you and bow to you. I will do your will in my life. On the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three, raise your hand. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. I see you. Anybody else? Amazing. Let's all repeat this together because we're a family. We're gonna do this together because this is gonna be the best decision that you could possibly make if you raised your hand. Everyone say, Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the mission that you came to save my life. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I sinned against you. But I believe you that you came and died for my sins, that you rose from the grave, you conquered death so I can live forever. Put your spirit in me. I love you, Lord. I commit to you this forward to cast my reel and be fishers of men. I abide in you as you abide in me. In Jesus' name we pray. And we celebrate by saying, amen.